And we're back with So You Think You Know Sports. We give you weekly updates on things you want to know, like off-the-court stories, game highlights, and all-around current sports knowledge, mostly highlighting NBA, NFL, and sometimes college. This week, we give you the best of NBA's bubble issues, Rondo's injury possibly holding back the Lakers, the nickname for the Washington franchise for the NFL being retired officially, Zion's stepfather accepting money for Zion to play at Duke, and Rocket player already breaking COVID protocol when it comes to the bubble in Orlando. But before we get into it, I'm going to go ahead and introduce the host. My name is Alex Muhammad. Go ahead and say something for them. Hey, just want to say what's up to all our listeners. Thank you for listening. And make sure you keep listening and subscribe to our podcast and other platforms, including Instagram and Twitter. Oh, yeah. Run it up. Give us the comments. And we're going to try even better about communication on these different platforms. If you give us an idea, we'll actually research these stories. But uh, today we begin with the bubble, the NBA bubble in Orlando and the problems around that. When it comes to meals, uh, it has left a lot to want when it comes to these NBA players, the hotel accommodations, along with some already breaking of the rules. So I'll go ahead and ask, with everything seeming a little off-brand for these NBA superstars, what do you feel has been the most unexpected so far? Um, I think that's actually a very hard question because I, I really I feel like they're they're, they're acting spoiled. They're, I mean, they're, they're really acting like this is like the worst thing ever that them going to the Disney Resort and um, I'm complaining about the food or whatever. I mean, come on now. Your employer is paying for you to stay somewhere. Um, all you're doing is just playing basketball. It's just like going off to a camp or something. So I don't think it's really that bad. Oh, so we're just going to start off on opposite ends here. <laughs> um, I, I definitely don't think they're being spoiled. They got to be there for months. They don't have to be there for days. They only got to be there for a week. They don't have to be there for one month. It is going to be three to possible four months of them being inside this uh, containment of doing the same things over and over and over again. And if it begins on a negative note, there is no way you're going to want to really get through it and not break the rules halfway through the whole uh, bubble situation. Again, they are being spoiled. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's not really that hard. Like, dang, <laughs> I don't see what the problem is. I completely differ. I do think it's hard. There is no way I can do that same uh, thing over a certain amount of time, especially when their food, it looked real bland. And I, I hear you saying that they're being spoiled, but I, I, when we, particularly me and you, along with the rest of our family, went to Disney World, I was disappointed to a certain degree. And because there's a, there's a little bit more you to the magic of Disney that you feel about things. And I think even in the minds of the NBA superstars, they're thinking, hey, it's not going to be my million-dollar house. It's not going to be my normal accommodations. It's not going to be the restaurants I'm used to in my normal uh, day-to-day for my normal work, but it'll be a notch below. No, this is about four times below that notch uh, right now, and they have to do this. It's a constant nightmare of the same thing every day, and all with the possibility of it not even being able to be fully completed. You're really stretching it with a nightmare. That's just ridiculous. (laughs) It really is, because these guys are being spoiled. I think, well, maybe it's a preference of person. Um, It's not that I've had too much of a problem with quarantine, but I know there's people out there who just had problems with the each day seeming exactly the same because they're getting up and doing exactly the same thing each week. I know myself, weeks just fall by like nothing. Like Monday becomes Friday and then Friday becomes Wednesday and uh, I, I, each day really doesn't matter until it's the day that I'm off. Uh, so 
I could only imagine that when my whole job is inside this bubble that I cannot go outside of. I can't be around my wife. I can't be around my kids. I I can't do anything that I'm used to doing at all. I'm only going to be able to use the things I brought. And to a large degree, you're not going to get nowhere near the type of food that you want. Well, I mean, this is a difficult time for everybody, so I don't know what they're really complaining about. We're all going through the same stuff. I have not been quarantined um, since early May. So, I mean, I've been been back at work. It's it's a lot different. (laughs) Uh, I'll say it is hard. I think this is hard because it throws in having to do be restricted and conduct a certain way and only having a limited amount of resources when you've had a large amount of resources uh, to your to your disposal for how many amount of years? You know, LeBron's been in the league for 16 years. And now you have to deal with this subpar um, type of food that's more than likely bland. There's no type of there's more to have in a situation where they could uh, supply more. And it's not about them providing the accommodations. They're paying their way by working. Well, I'm sure the NBA will get them some better food or whatever. I mean, it's it's really not that hard. I wouldn't mind being in the NBA bubble, actually. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. There's no way I'm trying to just be. And let's go ahead and say it raw. It's going to be a sexless uh same routine all about work trying to find something to do probably going to get in trouble on the internet uh amount of weeks like because there's weekends there's there's just so much time that they're going to have to make up and become occupied with a low standard of options I don't think the options are that bad. I mean, they have video games. They have um, a golf course. They have basketball courts. They got all this stuff. They just being spoiled. Okay. I think we're just going to differ on that one. Um, But (laughs) will there be a true time where the players will fully settle in and make the bubble home, or at least mentally? I think, yeah, once they actually start playing games, yeah, they'll, they'll settle in. They'll um, figure that, you know, I'm going to be stuck here, so I might as well make the best of the situation. So let me stop complaining and get down to business. Sure. I think there's going to be different fields to different teams. I don't even think this is just going to be a can you make it on the court type of thing. Uh, it's going to be can we make it as a team mentally also because there can be beefs, there can be things that break – whole teams up that where you have to be around these people for a large amount of time. Uh, so it's, it's just, uh, I, I think it's going to be team by team when it comes to whether they're going to make it home, uh, make it feel like it's home. And if they're a group of friends or the people who they then become like summer camp buddies with, uh, are, in this type of group where they're bonding and they, they go to this together and they go to that together, like going overseas when they go to Olympic uh, Olympic games and things like that. If they become that way when it comes to each team, then they'll they'll actually make it feel like it's home and be more like a uh, AAE. Sorry, I can't even remember the name of the league, but the the, the lower league of the basketball uh, league for the kids when they have a AAU. Yeah, I can. I don't know why I can't think of you. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think it'll definitely turn into that. You know, they'll think of it as summer camp, but I mean, they, they'll be fine. <laughs> That's all I'll say. I, I don't know about that, uh, especially because with a Rockets player already breaking protocol with food delivery, will the players kind of need to be treated like prisoners and to ensure everyone's safety? from COVID. That's really stretching it, but I, I I guess in a way, I mean, you always have, I guess, a hall monitor or something. If you want to go out and hire one of them, that that's probably necessary because they, they already want different foods that are um, different from what they are getting from inside the bubble. So I, I think that 
that mentality slightly needs to be implemented, but not to the point where you're going um, overboard. I think, yes, they, they, they will have to be treated like I think that was actually the concept that was going to happen. It's, it has to be a degree above Hall Monitor, because Hall, Hall Monitor doesn't have but so much authority. They have authority to go tattletale to the, to the authority. Uh, now that that is kind of is what, what's going to happen, but the, these type of people, it's not like they're going to punish them on the spot, but they will have the type of uh, authority to affect what is going on in their day to day when it comes to their work and basketball and how they become quarantined possibly for days. Uh, for example, the Rockets player will be quarantined for the next eight days just because he got food delivered to uh, within the bubble because he met the um, the deliver guy. Yeah, and he's not the only one. There was another Kings player who did the same thing. So it's probably going to be a common thing. Yeah, and I think there's a confusion in the rules of even the bubble because it seems like they are. There is a looseness uh, to this bubble. It's not as much of a bubble as you would think, where people are blocked off from being potentially accidentally uh, contracting COVID. It seems like all they're an app away from con- collecting COVID. Yeah, and that's where you need to start uh, clamping down on these players because they're just going to mess it up before it even gets started. Yeah, because I, I, I honestly don't get how they're going to keep this. Like, I keep thinking there's just no way to keep COVID out because even when you have these type of Postmate situations, um, any type of food type of thing like that, how are you testing the food to know that it's not uh, have, being affected by COVID already before it got to the door? Who cares whether you got had direct contact with the other person? It could be right there in the food. It could be the person who prepared, prepared it. So I, I don't know. I, I think there is a market there that some food uh, distributing company out here could take advantage of, like especially a healthy food um, type of distributor, they can take extreme advantage of this. I would be all up in the M- NBA's emails about, hey, we can push these type of meals out. We're going to protect it this, this certain way and establish some type of healthy food uh, uh, normalcy for these athletes because even if they fix the whole not being contracting COVID from the uh, Postmates, they have to worry about what food they're ordering. Yeah, I agree. That's a very good idea because that's how, um, well, I'm going to take you back to the Amazon days, well, my Amazon days, where they had the food trucks outside of the Amazon warehouse. And I think that worked perfectly because there were so many people going out and getting the food from the food trucks. It, I mean, it was really nice. So I, I think that's a good idea. It is. It's a market, but too bad I'm not set up to take advantage of that type of market. Uh, if there is someone out in that uh, this world listening to that, they should take advantage of it because you can't eat Wingstop every night, even though the players might want to. <laughs> no, and that's not the best food for you at this time anyway. Yeah, but if you have limited options and other food is bland, it, a lot of times people lead right back to the same things, pizza, you know, all the fast food, bad things out there. It's not many healthy food options. No, um, but those foods that they would come with the, the food trucks or whoever was going to come out there wouldn't be healthy either. Well, I wouldn't say food truck. I was actually thinking more of uh, send it as a, a, you know how they get the meal preps or how I'm pretty sure LeBron has somebody who uh, does exact calculating on what type of meals he's supposed to be sent and everything. If you uh, send it from wherever you are, even in the country, and you verified it enough with a contract with the NBA that it's not going to be have COVID on it, or like you take these certain precautions. There's a a lot of money to be made, especially if you provide some type of variety, because if they're resulting to Postmates, it's going to be a whole lot of bad decision making when it comes to food. Yeah, um, but they ha- they really got to get on the ball right now because these games are right around the corner. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a breath away. <laughs> so yeah, even with that in mind, uh, early already there's a major injury or somewhat of a major injury, depending on your point of view, uh, to the Lakers already with Rondo uh, being injured 
his thumb being injured and being out at minimum between six to eight weeks uh, for the Lakers. So with the injury to Rondo, is this a blessing or is this LeBron's curse, quote unquote, lack of extra help around? I think it's more of just lack of an extra body. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's not really helping or hurting. I think it's more just like he, he you just lost a player. You don't have uh, an, an extra player in the rotation. So that's where this this problem lies. Um, Rondo, he'll still be good on the bench. You know, he'll coach up some players or whatever, but you're not really missing much. So you missed the Sims player. You missed the uh, Avatar. <laughs> Avatar 1. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, that, that's a, he's just an empty spot on the uh, bench. But, well, he's not really just that. But I do kind of agree on just missing a body. Uh, it's more like they just need somebody who can be somewhat productive in that spot. So that's why I agree on your sentiment of missing a body. Rondo is a little bit more than that, as people say. His numbers go up when it comes to the playoffs. He's good for assists. He knows where players are supposed to be. That is helpful. But as we all know, he's a hurt when it comes to offense and him being on the court. It's four on five when it comes to offensively uh, when Rondo's on the court. He may be able to get you an assist, but he's not getting you buckets. I would leave him open at the three. Uh, So I would say it only hurts them because I'm not sure whether they're still, like, are they able to still sign other players? I think they are. I just think they just need somebody who can handle the ball. That's about it. And if they can handle the ball, it'll be a help that he actually got hurt. And if there's just nobody to replace him, it is going to be only a slight hurt because of positioning on the court. Yeah, I agree. I mean, but they'll be fine. This this is only just a a minor crack in the road. It it is, but it's kind of like the only thing about it is missing the body right, right now might be the thing that might not get them there. That's the only reason why there's a little bit of worry. It's now Bradley, uh, Avery Bradley. If the Avery Bradley was still in it, I've been so happy. LeBron, I mean not LeBron, but Rondo just got injured on the low because I just didn't want him on the court. But without Avery Bradley, it's just you need somebody who knows where people are supposed to be as a point guard on the court when LeBron clearly is already going to be playing point guard and not supposed to be playing point guard. Yeah, but I I wouldn't say he's not supposed to. I mean, he already just does it just cause. Yeah, but it's it wears down on him. It's no way he's not supposed to be. He's not supposed to do that. That his positioning wise is not supposed to do that. He he can do it. He can play one through five, and that helps for him being on the Lakers. But when it comes to most productive, he's better in the two or the three. He's not. He's not supposed to be the uh, the the point guard. He's supposed to be the one that somebody's setting him up for the play, and he can handle it second uh, to the other person because he just has so much attention on him. And if you make that the priority for an entire game, and I can't think of somebody who will fill that slot other than Avery Bradley or Rondo, even if it's just a man there. Those people can hold the ball and at least know in the game, I need to hold the ball. Oh, they need to move this way. I'm telling them to move that way versus somebody who's just going to be handling the ball. And LeBron has to do it now. He was going to do it anyway, but true, maybe they could get Alex Caruso. That's true. That is true. He was going to do it anyway, but now he has to do it. There's a difference between uh, him wanting to do it and having to do it. Having to do it does not give you any options. He'll be fine. <laughs> okay. So, uh, do you? Who do you see stepping up most to fill in these key spots? Um, I would say Alex Caruso. I mean, this is a guy who's um, probably underrated. He's pretty athletic. Uh, looks older than what he is, but I mean that he, he's a baller. Alex Caruso will step up. I actually think he's overrated. Uh, like. It's just only because you said he was underrated that I have to go underrated. Uh, When you said he's underrated, I have to say he's overrated because there are a lot of ratings on him. People do hype the mess out of uh, 
Alex Caruso. There's people out there who call him the white Jesus. Uh, oh, sorry, not white Jesus, but white Jordan out here. So I, I think there is enough hype out here behind the whole Alex Caruso and all of that. And I just think because of that amount of hype, he is uh, only slightly overrated, but he's just amount of talent-wise above average. So I, I don't doubt his 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 ability. I just say that paying attention to the uh, Laker world or the world around Alec Caruso, there is a lot of hype. Um, but to answer the question, who would fill into that spot? I actually think it's going to be Kuzma, and it's going to have to be Kuzma. It's going to have to be Kuzma or he gone after next year. There is, he, will not, he will not be on the Lakers, whether LeBron's on the Lakers or not, after a year from now if he does not show up in these uh, crucial times. He's young. He's had plenty of time to rest. And he has not shown up all season when the Lakers were dominating the West. So I would say it has to be uh, Kuzma or the Lakers won't win. I think that Kuzma will be the same thing that he was before. <laughs> <He's, Dang. laughs> just another he'll body. There's too many just bodies out here. It's just too many I mean, bodies. He's, he'll be a sporadic player that plays inconsistently, but he'll come up a few times here or there. That's horrible. I don't think that's enough to get you there. Uh, not with the Lakers in uh, being such shorthanded with uh, people who control the ball. I, I do agree that, well, you're, you probably are thinking that Kuzma's not a handle-the-ball type of person. He's not about to be your point guard. But I need him. I need, need him to either come through at the two or the three if LeBron's going to be running the, uh, the point guard spot. He, he could definitely run the three, but, I mean, he's not going to be much of a ball handler. See, the problem, the reason why I say this is a problem with uh, LeBron playing the one is because they can't play that pick-and-roll uh, as much as they want with LeBron and AD, which is the most probably the uh, most dominating duo one move uh, in the league right now between two dominant players, and they can't they can't play it enough because that's a two or a three spot yeah, to to play that move, and he doesn't need to be the point guard to play that move. It's it's just too much on him. Uh, but I, I I think that maybe that's too far into the X and O's, but I know that that's they can be dominant if they have the ability to run that play. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, everybody's dealing with different factors, so, I mean, they'll be able to adjust. I, 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 I guess. Uh, I think they should try to steamroll as much as possible as wh- in whichever way they can. But uh, to move it along, uh, the Nets have added on Jamal Crawford to their kind of – a dwindling staff of players. Well, at least when it comes to star players or players you know as brand, brand names. So uh, just quickly asking, is this a move for just now or a good move for the future by adding Jamal Crawford? This is more of just having somebody just to be out there on the court. I mean, Jamal Crawford, he's been one of the best six-man uh, six players ever. And I mean, he, he can just create a show. I mean, he can, you know, ball on you a little bit and then take some type of shot. But I don't think this is for the future. This is just for this NBA bubble. I can agree. Um, it it would be great if this worked for the future, especially for KD and Kyrie. Honestly, that would just sound like a whole bunch of weapons. And it's not like they're supporting cast. It's like a very solid supporting cast. It's just about the mixing and matching of all of these things. It just has not been matched fully to you even know whether it works. Um, so I do think this is a move for only now. This is completely a move for now and just having somebody on the court just to have somebody on the court. Um, but if they can, it'd be best that they can hold this for the future, especially if they can attract a very great um, coach because then you have a great sixth man who can sit on the bench and give you buckets. Yeah, but I think they have plenty of weapons. I don't think they really need anybody else. Sure, so he's a a one-time use player, as I can see. So how far do you see the Nets 
getting with this lack of no KD and no Kyrie? I think they they have a good first round, but they're knocked out in the first round by um, I would think the the Bucks would be the number one seed and they'll still stay in the eighth seed. So yeah, they'll be knocked out in the first round. Five or six games. Agreed. Um, I think they might get swept. I think there's a little bit, as much as they're piecing the Nets organization together, it's just, it's also seeming like a mess all at once. They're getting high profile players, but they're hurt or uh, unhappy, things like that. They have um, an owner who pretty much can buy anybody out of the league, but it's like they're piecing things together and hoping they fit. Um, now when it comes to this playoffs right now, I agree. It's, they don't make it past the first round, but the reason why this, this hesitation is I think they get swept. I think they get swept even though they have a great supporting cast, only because there's too many things mixing and not enough things matching. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, they can easily get swept by the Bucks, um, but I think they will put up a good fight. Um, they they, they know they don't have as much help without Kyrie and Kevin Durant, so they know that this wasn't a year, but they'll show them that there'll be something to mess with next year. I feel like they're, all their hearts are going to be half-hearted. And one main person I feel like is it would be half-hearted if they were in even playing, because I'm not even sure, is DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan was uh, pitched as that third person to go to the Nets because he's friends with Kyrie and KD. And I don't think he would even care to even possibly play. And if he did play, he wouldn't have any real energy in it because there isn't KD and Kyrie. So uh, I, I think they get steamrolled. I think they sh- shouldn't even go down there. It's more about marketability uh, right now. They just need names out there. Yeah, I agree. But I actually kind of forgot he was on the team. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, See, exactly. <laughs> That's a problem because he really re- he rarely even plays. It's kind of like he feels like he's a package deal with Katie and Kyrie. And since they've taken off or not been around, he's really not that obligated to do much either. Yeah, I, I agree. So, <laughs> um, so I, I think we do agree. It's just about I, I just think they're just not together. I think they've. They've messed up whatever chemistry they had just a year ago because it is a completely different team, even though some of the supporting cast is the same. Yeah, it's pretty much the same. Well, the, the lower class of the team, because just a year ago they had um, uh, G- Russell, um, D'Angelo Russell, and they didn't have KD, they didn't have Kyrie, they didn't have uh, DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just those two stars, really, or two and a half stars. <laughs> two and a half stars, I like that. But uh, <laughs> uh, we'll move it all along as we cover Zion and his scandal about taking money. It really hasn't gotten as big of a notice, especially in this world of limited news, but maybe worth uh, kind of taking in uh, with new uh, evidence of Zion's stepfather taking, reportedly receiving four hundred thousand for exclusive marketing rights for another agent while he was playing for Duke, or and for him to go play for uh, Duke collegiate team uh, in when it comes to basketball, <laughs> but he has shown to have taken money as he is been slightly silent about it and possibly a little bit denied that it even happened, uh, at least in the moment he did. So I'll, I'll just go ahead and ask, uh, will Zion Williamson have any hit to his nice guy image from this new information uh, confirming payments? I don't think so. Um, there has been plenty of players that have taken money before they got into the uh, either professional league, and they didn't really take too much of a hit. 
Um, I think the the biggest person who probably took a hit was Reggie Bush because he had to give up his uh, Heisman. But I, I don't I don't think it's gonna be too much of a hit to him. Um, it's really just uh, unless he ha- he gets caught up in some type of scandal while he's in the NBA, then people will look bad um, at him. But everything before, I, I don't think so. I think it's hard to for his image to take a hit when there's nothing to take away. Like, what can you take away? He doesn't, and not in any dissing because you can't get a degree in one year, but he doesn't have a degree they can take away. They don't have any tournaments they won. Um, There was almost, there's nothing they can be taken away. You can't take away the year he actually spent at Duke and, and actually how much love they actually have for him at Duke. So at worst you can try to ban him from the campus and I think that only hurts Duke's image. So I think due to the lack of ability of an ability to punish him in any any actual way, I think there's no way to take a hit to his image. Yeah, I can agree with that. Uh, that's a good way to look at it because there's really nothing to take away. Um, if they do penalize him, you have to penalize the coach in turn, uh, Coach K, and probably the whole basketball team. So there's really nothing they can do. Agreed. And I was going to go a different angle on this one. I just went with that one because that is a great point. But I have a whole other point. When it comes to him being in New Orleans, New Orleans and a recent uh, situation with Drew Brees, I think the whole community of New Orleans and that uh, Louisiana is looking for a, their next nice guy up. And Zion was already ushered in as their next nice guy. He didn't become not a nice guy. He didn't seem, he doesn't still come off as a provado type person who's uh, bigger than, uh, bigger than you actually, you see he is. He seems modest in every moment. Uh, so I don't think they're, just because of his in, his genuine how he comes off, he's not going to take that hit to his nice guy image unless he somehow develops some type of narcissism. Yeah, that, that, that's that's what I was pointing to after college. So if he uh, doesn't go down the right path while he's in the NBA, then people will definitely start going after him and looking back at these scandals as if they were not coincidences and actually true him or I mean, look at it in a bad light really agreed agreed and i i think they're ready to usher out um drew Brees. also i think that's another factor just for the area or the image of louisiana uh people have about uh that area so is it common practice to buy the college players you want and place the blame on the recruits when it comes to the collegiate sports. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is the history of the NCAA. They just uh, take in all the money and point the blame all at the player, even though they were the one who gave them the money, who coerced them to uh, come to their school. And they just get they reap all the benefits from that player off their image, off of all the games that they play um, and the student nine times out of ten, does not receive much of anything for that. Yeah. So, of course, this was slightly an obvious question, but it was mostly to highlight people who don't know the way college sports is are conducted. It is very much commonplace for colleges to buy the player they want and place any blame or if, they, if there's anything that comes up for any blame of any transactions of money, it will always uh, be put on the recruit and their decision-making, even though they are kids, they are children. Um, So these kids, I I actually say this, when it comes to the schools, they're not new to this, they're true to this. They know what system they have, back channels they have, uh, what is it uh, called... uh, who, who's the, who's the sponsors to football? What do they call them? Um, I get endorsements. I don't know. It's not, in, it's not quite endorsements. It's uh, um, boosters. Boosters. 
There we go. That's the word. Boosters. Boosters. And you know why they call it boosters? Because they boost the economy of the uh, of the college and, and they bring attention to the college. Uh, that's that's their whole function. Um, so colleges know how to get around and how to get top recruits there because these top recruits know it is also still about the money, whether it's going to be right on the table or put in the back room where we discuss this. I still need my money. So I, just to point it out, yes, these colleges know what they're doing and they do place the blame heavily on these recruits. For example, LeBron, sorry, not LeBron, but Zion is taking all the flack as Duke has gotten zero blame or shine about this issue. Oh, yeah. I mean, they have completely been washed free of blame, but they definitely had a part in this. Agree. Definitely agree. So with equal image rights being soon in place for college players, do you think it will help the cause of black players attending HBCUs, black colleges, instead of predominantly white powerhouse schools? I think slightly. Um, it, it just really takes one major player to choose uh, HBCU for this to really get rolling. Um, there's, I mean, it's, it's going to take some time, but if that one big player or a couple of players go and choose a HBCU over one of these power five conference schools, then you'll, you'll have the ball rolling. Um, and at this time, I mean, it, it, I can definitely see it being possible. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, so the equal image rights would help towards getting endorsements from Nike, things like that, and getting the money, no matter which college you're at, whether you feel that you're not going to get the under the, under the table money that you think you would have gotten at a uh, powerhouse school. So I do think this would help that cause. And it's, it's sad to say, but if they got multiple players like that going to those type of colleges and going to black colleges, I'm pretty sure there will be investigations happening pretty soon after it about exchanging of money and what's fair and what's not. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's really kind of um, surprising that there haven't been more investigations because we all know it goes on. Some people just turn a blind eye to it. Well, it's still money moving. The the right palms are raised so that the, the indictments never come down. They never um, need to investigate anything if you're still getting your money, too. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, um, embezzling money. No, they don't say it's embezzling money. They think it's uh, just how they conduct business and how they've been doing it for many years. Yeah, it's it's tradition. <laughs> yeah, it's not even tradition. I'm thinking it's, it's fully embedded into the economy, especially in small cities. Uh, like pure economy, for example, Mobile, Alabama, when it comes to, uh, isn't that where Alabama University is in Mobile? Yeah. Or is it Tuscaloosa? No, 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 it's Tuscaloosa. Sorry. Okay, I thought so. Okay. Either way, what do you think is the biggest economy booster to that city? The Crimson Tide. Yeah, and what do you think Clemson and Orangeburg is? You mean, it's, wait, Clemson is not in Orangeburg. Orangeburg, South Carolina? And no. Where is it? It's in... Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Clemson, South Carolina, or Greenville, really. Greenville? I thought it was Orangeburg, but either way, no. either way, those aren't big <laughs> cities. We all know those are not nowhere near big cities and the biggest uh, part of the economy. It is built into the system of the area, so they cannot they cannot lose these type of uh, things. It is embedded into the politics. It's embedded into, this is a millions of dollars. These are not small amounts of dollars. Uh, regular businesses are small amounts of dollars. These are major businesses that are transacting millions of dollars every single year yeah i mean it's a cycle really it is it is it is so uh to get off of that point and to move on to football washington the nfl washington franchise in uh washington dc has announced that they will be officially retiring their nickname of the redskins the racist um 
nickname that has existed for a long time and they have been steadfast about not changing. But with this new news, what's the best nickname, rumors you've heard so far to replace the Redskins' former nickname? Um, one name that I've heard was the um, Washington Red Tails, and that relates to um, uh, an, an African-American group of uh, fire, fighter p- pilots who fought in, I'm not exactly what war, I, I'm not sure exactly what war, but they were one of the first African-American um, fighter pilots a group of pilots that fought in a war in America, and I think I think that Tuskegee Airmen. No, no, no. I think well, it was somewhere kind of close to that, but hey, who knows? Keep going. Yeah, I, red I tails. Red tails. Um, Washington red tails. I think that would be a great name. A great name change. It'll honor uh, African American history, and I think people will jump right on board for that. There's no way I want that. It's, it's What's wrong replacing, with it? I just feel like it's replacing one minority with another. What's the problem? I, 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 no, I, I still no, don't see the problem. No, I, no I, I, I definitely get the whole patriotism. They fought in the war. Oh, uh, but I, I just have a problem with replacing uh, a franchise racist nickname that they had no problem with with uh, – one that's supposed to be celebra- celebrating black people. I understand that is how you're supposed to replace it, but it feels like now they're propping up an image of something they actually don't believe to profit off of it. That's what it feels like to me when it comes to that. So I, I just I, I would love for them to just get away from any type of race-related uh, type of nickname. So from the rumors I've heard, the one that I think they're leaning towards, which I really don't care for, it could work, but I don't care for it, is the Defender, the uh, DC, the Washington Defenders, which sounds kind of patriotic. It's also Washington, D.C. I understand all of that, so it, it fits. But the one I really liked was the Red Wolves. It, the color, screen, uh, color scheme still fit. On the low, it made me actually, if there was a... Uh, you know how people like off of just image and color and the the logo? It made me think, hey, I could possibly root for this team as there is no way I would ever want it to root for the Washington, you know, racist name Redskins. Um, yeah, the Red Wolves. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that sounds good. But I don't see any problem with Red Tails. Um, it's mainly de- dealing with the history the like the origin of the name it, it doesn't really say any type of racial slur or i mean it, it it's it's all about the origin it's it's not really going to be looked at in a bad light so i understand it's not going to be looked at as a bad light but i i just something about replacing it with we're going opposite than what we absolutely were steadfast on and we only changed because due to the climate around us that we couldn't make more money off of it. Now we're going to change to something that we're clearly going to make money off of because it supports black people, which I, yes, that's the whole point. That is the whole point of the movement. I agree. Yes, that's the whole point. But it also seems like you're profiting off of something you do not believe in. Well, they're going to do that anyway with any, any name that they're going to change it to. <laughs> so, that, I mean, you're still in the same dilemma. I, I agree. I, I just like that Red Wolves. It, it seems kind of tough, you know. Back, uh, even to the the slightness of, they can actually slightly incorporate race or Native America in Native Amer- Americans in a way because the image I saw, they had like the the wolf skin over their head, so it kind of still seemed like a Native American, but it wasn't the racist. Native American name, and it really didn't look like any particular race. It just looked like you had a wolf over your head. So all around, this color scheme fit. A red wolf just seems like it's uh, that's a hot color, and it's not like a red red wolf. It's a burgundy wolf, like their actual colors. All around, I just felt that that's just a cool name. Yeah, I mean, red wolves. I mean, it 
It could fit. Like, I mean, I, I, I don't. I don't have any problem with it. I think they absolutely have to make the the first letter of the name of the uh, the nickname red. Uh, it's not red, but either an R, and it would help that if it's red, because it, it doesn't make these fans who have felt like they stuck by the name with the franchise and everything that they just got it all completely thrown out, and that they now have to become fans to a slightly new franchise. They can still have that HTTR hail to the and it used to be Redskins. They'll just say hail to the Red Wolves. It still works. Yeah, I mean Red Wolves, Red Tails, either one, it works. <laughs> and yeah, it does need to be red though. So, um, but will there be a new age of fans for the Washington franchise with the new name change? Once they start winning some games, then there will be some new fans. But other than that. Not really. <laughs> I think there will be because their color scheme is good. I just think it is scaring people off from uh, with the whole Redskins type of thing to draw a new type of uh, class of fans. I think they would be hijacking the movement because there was also a rumor that they were going to be named the Warriors, the Washington Warriors. And I was like, oh, y'all just going to really just jock uh, the Golden State Warriors out here and had these little kids just saying I'm an all-around Warriors fan. But uh, I really hope they don't do that. But there is a slight rumor that they will. Um, but I think that still plays into the Native American um, but uh, Warrior, thing. It, 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 it slightly does. It, it does. slightly. It does. Let's, let's get away from that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the best thing to do is to get as far away from the uh, previous name as possible. I don't know about furthest away. They still got to work on branding. And branding is going to be very important for them not to lose the fan base they had. And there's a, there's a hardcore fan base because they stuck with them while they've been losing. So if you abandon the, the color scheme and that first letter R, I, I'm pretty sure they will lose fans. They were already losing fans. They barely had anybody in the stands last year, so it's True, nothing but new. I'm just saying, they're still hardcore fans. I, I have DC friends, and they're, they're still some hardcore Washington Redskins fans out there, like hard, hardcore. Like, what lose, win, or draw, we still with you. But you, you change that color scheme, you change that R, you, you change it the way they can't do hashtag RTT, sorry, H-R-R-T, it's over. It's done. All the heritage they feel it will be gone. Yeah, but with those loss of those fans, you'll gain some other ones. They'll hope. <laughs> okay. They'll hope. All right. <laughs> but uh, this has been so you think you know sports. Uh, this is the last part. Like always, questions. Uh, Muhammad comes up with the questions. They're multiple choice. Your guess is about as good as mine. And I try to give you a little bit of commentary about the subject. As sports will start to pick up very soon, and the NBA season will start up on July 30th, less than 15 days from now. Uh, but go ahead with the first question, Muhammad. What NBA player has the highest career points per game? A, Michael Jordan, B, Oscar Robertson, or C, Wilt Chamberlain? Mm, very good selection. Um, hmm. I feel like it's Will Chamberlain because this man scored 100 points in a game. And there's people still out here want to see video of that. Uh, that man was crazy uh, good. Um, one more time with the question and answer. What NBA player has the highest career points per game? A, Michael Jordan, B, Oscar Robertson, or C, Will Chamberlain? I don't think it's the easy Michael Jordan. So I, I'm going to go with um, Wilt Chamberlain. That's wrong. It's Michael Jordan. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not too sad about that one because I feel like he does, does have a lot of records, but I feel like some of them he just was not able to get to, or LeBron has taken over. So maybe I should have went with him anyway, as he did take a lot of records. Yeah. So number two. 
What NBA team has the most NBA championships behind the Celtics and the Lakers? A, Golden State Warriors, B, San Antonio Spurs, or C, Detroit Pistons? Mm, dang, that's hard. That's hard. That's hard. You got me with the Pistons one. Because I know the Pistons minimum three with the Isaiah, and I'm pretty sure they have like two more with the later um, Detroit Pistons. And I know the Spurs only have five. They got, they got five with Tim Duncan. So you go ahead with, one more time with the question and answer. What NBA team has the most NBA championships behind the Celtics and the Lakers? A, Golden State Warriors, B, San Antonio Spurs, or C, Detroit Pistons? See, I would be heavily surprised if this is the Golden State Warriors because I just don't know what type of, how many championships or whether they have more than one before the Steph Curry years. Um, so I'm going to go with the Detroit Pistons, as I know they have at least this amount as the uh, Spurs. So the Detroit Pistons. That's wrong. It's oh. the Golden State Warriors. See, I just didn't know. So what is it? <laughs> well, they have six. Spurs six, okay. got five. Pistons have three. Three? Only three? Yep. Bad Boy Pistons oh. only won two. And then early 2000s, they won a championship. You're right. It was only. You're right. You're definitely right. Uh, shame, shame, shame. Go ahead with the last question. Behind Patrick Mahomes, which quarterback has the most guaranteed money in their 2020 contract? A. Matt Ryan. B. Jared Goff. Or C. Ryan Tannehill. Hmm. Dang it! Dang it! Dang it! Boy, you you built some hard questions here. Um. I feel like Tannehill just banked out. Like, he just got some money. Um, one more time with the question and answer. Behind Patrick Mahomes, which quarterback has the most guaranteed money in their 2020 contract? A, Matt Ryan, B, Jared Goff, or C, Ryan Tannehill? See, Jared Goff had a lot of money guaranteed. About a year, year and a half ago, and I feel like Tannehill somehow broke that one. So Tannehill, if I go oh for three, it's whatever. You said Tannehill? Yeah. That's wrong. It's Jared Goff. Goff. Uh, With 110 million, um, Matt Ryan has 100 million, and Ryan Tannehill has 91 million. Good God Almighty. And Cam Newton out here playing for not even one million? Are we serious? How the strong fall. I mean, it's... Uh... Strong fall, man. They, they, they just don't want to uh, pay black quarterback because even Dak out here begging for the 35. I mean, I, I guess. I think they just think that there's just so many younger quarterbacks out there that can do some of the same things that Cam can do that they're just looking to the future. Yeah, and Tannehill's the future. We'll end it on that. <laughs> but <laughs> No, the Titans just stupid. That's what I was saying. That's my whole point. <laughs> is, yeah, Tannehill's the future, and they're giving him $100 million, uh, guaranteed out here, or 90 whatever. Um, but yeah, this has been So You Think He Knows Sports. See you next week.